The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Discussing pressing issues on today's News Talk TNT. Welcome back to the David Curtin Show. I think you probably didn't hear what I said just now, but we are live on location in London. So my apologies about that. We're outside the Royal Courts of Justice, where, of course, Julian Assange is there and he is having his hearing. We hope that the right decision will be made and he won't be extradited to the USA and he will be freed because that is what should happen. All he is there for is journalism. Many people have said that many times. I've said that many times. I think it's shocking that most of the mainstream media is ignoring this. And it's only today's news talk, TNT, among a very few other media outlets in the UK are actually covering this case. But this is something that's going to affect all journalists everywhere and everybody's freedom everywhere if the decision goes the wrong way or if it goes the right way we will re-establish our freedom and i really hope that's what's going to happen now i have with me on the line i think uh, our resident journalist Gemma cooper who's got some up-to-date information to give us about the hearing welcome to the show Gemma. Thank you very much, David. Yeah, well, it's an historic day for press freedom and the hearing got underway just after half past 10 this morning here in UK at the Royal Courts of Justice. Uh, Judge Dame Victoria Sharp and Judge Mr. Justice Donson entered the room, as did uh, Assange's lawyer, Ed Fitzgerald, who's outlined the uh, case for Assange. He says his lawyer says that Assange has been subject to unjustified interference with freedom of speech and persecuted for political offences, he says, not journalistic offences. He also wants to argue that Assange is the target of a CIA assassination plot uh, while he was in the Ecuadorian embassy and he will be targeted again should he be uh, extradited to the US. That's what he said in the high court this morning. Now, Assange is not in court. He was expected to attend either in person or by a video link. Uh, judges did give him permission to attend the hearing when he asked for it. But today, he is too unwell to appear. He's even too unwell to appear by video link, which I think does give a, a kind of an indication of his state of mind and his physical health. Maybe he just felt the whole thing would be too stressful for him. And maybe he thought that it, his appearance might garner more headlines than, than the focus on the facts of this case, which is, as I say, what his lawyer, his QC, has just outlined. I think the key words to come out of the High Court this morning are he was persecuted uh, for engaging in ordinary journalism practice of obtaining and publishing classified information that was both true and in obvious and important public interest. I think Assange wants to keep the, the facts on the facts and maybe away from him as the focus of the case. But either way, he was expected to be in court, uh, either in person or second best by a video link. But as of this morning here in the UK, he is too unwell to appear. That is a disturbing thing to hear that he is not able to attend court because he's not well enough. I mean, it could be because of his physical health. It could be because of his mental health. Obviously, he's been under incredible strain here, being in Britain's most high security prison, Belmarsh, for the last five years. And, uh, you know, it's a depressing area of southeast London anyway, even if you're not behind the high security fence. But I, I understand that he only is allowed one hour a day out of his cell. So he's essentially in solitary confinement 23 hours a day. That is, to me, a cruel 
an unusual punishment for someone who hasn't actually been charged with anything in the UK. He's not guilty of anything and he's been treated like this. So um, what is some of the, the reaction from people to the fact that he's not there in person? Well, it's interesting you should say that because uh, looking on, um, on on social media, which is where much of the real discourse is going on about this hearing, uh, people are saying exactly that. How can he, uh, who for revealing war crimes, be uh, in prison when Blair and Bush uh, are, are, are on the world stage? They're lauding it. They they are walking free. They're making money off the back of that. I mean, Blair was appointed ambassador, not an ambassador, but a peace envoy, wasn't he? A peace envoy to the Middle East after the Iraq war. And of course, everything is absolutely inverted um, but there's no doubt that it's it's a political motivated case as his lawyer has outlined this morning you go up against the globalists you go up against the deep state and they will come down on you but of course the globalists are being called out now called out on social media and there are other people who have visited uh, 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 Julian Assange in Belmarsh and they have attested to the fact that he is in solitary 23 hours a day uh, he's allegedly bought, built himself a kind of library of books that when he's been allowed access to books around him so that he's got some kind of comfort there and also you know the level of other support he's now garnered you know RFK Robert F Kennedy Jr has uh, been circulating the petition for his release in the last 24 hours Russell Brand is allegedly live streaming from the uh, Royal Courts of Justice today but he's certainly going to be covering it later on on his shown he's interviewed Stellar Assange and isn't it interesting mm. that Russell Brand and Julian Assange both had rape allegations thrown at them uh, well the Julian Assange rape allegation has disappeared and the Russell Brand rape allegations have yet to be proven no charges have been brought so there are kind of similarities there as well for people who stand up and call out the system and then get all of these smears um, attached to them people are very quick to point that out on social media too but it you know maybe Assange felt that his appearance his physical appearance which is very different to some of the images that we've been sort of seeing in his PR campaign. Maybe he felt that that would become the focus. He didn't want that. He wanted the focus to be on the facts. I think that could possibly be a reason why he's decided not to attend. But as his lawyer says, at the moment, he's too unwell. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the idea of lawfare that you've got here. You know, the, he was accused of rape. Those rape allegations disappeared. Um, Russell Brand is supporting him as well. There are many, many other people who are prominent who are supporting him. But the, you're going up against very, very powerful people in the system, in the establishment, who themselves have done wrong. And as you say, the, the key word there, which is a very key word for us to understand all kinds of things that are going on, is inversion. This is what's happening. You've got an inversion because the people who really are guilty of the things that Julian Assange was calling them out about, the war criminals, both people on the ground, but more importantly, those people who sent our soldiers to successive wars, war after war after war in Iraq and Libya and Syria, and now we've got Ukraine, and then we've got Gaza, and then we've got Yemen. Where does it stop? Um, these are the people that need to be put on trial because they're causing chaos all around the world, not Julian Assange, who is completely innocent and shouldn't be on trial uh, himself. So thank you, Gemma. Is there anything else to say about what's uh, going on so far today? Well, it's, I mean, the hearing's in its very early stages, and we've heard from Assange's QC, but I just think on that note of what you said about the war crimes themselves, there's often, there's also a lot of very sobering imagery of some of the crimes that uh, were exposed by WikiLeaks and by Assange, and they, they make for very sobering watching. I, I wouldn't, I haven't, I've watched them a couple of times, and I'm, I'm not going to watch them again. Um, but that's what this is really about. 
It is about press freedom. It is about journalism, but it is also about the atrocious crimes, humanitarian crimes that were committed in the name of so-called freedom of the West in the Middle East mm. during the Iraq war and other wars. So let's not forget that too. Uh, I understand this hearing is going to go on for two days. Um, I'm not sure exactly when the judgment or the ruling or the outcome from this is going to be known. Is there any timing about this? Do we know anything more about when we're actually going to hear the outcome of this hearing that's going on today uh and tomorrow? It's a strange one with hearings because quite often judgments on hearings are not handed down until afterwards, um, and the judges will go away and consider uh, what they've heard and kind of weigh it up on the on the balance of you know what the law says. They will go into look at the you know the, the sentencing not sentencing guidelines in this case. It's not a trial, but they will weigh it up and they will like understand what they're able to do under the constraints of UK law and whether the appeal has kind of fitted the 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 guidance of UK law in arguing the case. You can't just go in and say what you want you have to kind of argue on a legal mm. perspective they will weigh it up in terms of what the legalities of the situation are um hopefully there will be enough humanitarian evidence i do think that going in very cleverly his qc and saying this is definitely a political uh, campaign against him uh, and and it's obviously that what he did is in the very uh, public interest and of course it was true it was true so that might be enough in the in the in instance to sway the judges that he does have grounds to appeal that he was purely acting in the public interest which is what journalism is about that might be enough to sway the grounds for appeal. We just don't know. We just don't know. And I'll continue to bring updates from inside the court throughout the rest of the day here at TNT and, of course, tomorrow as well. Thank you so much, Gemma, and uh, thank you for your report. I really hope that the uh, arguments they make will be persuasive and Julian Assange will be freed. Thank you so much. This is today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Chris Smith. You know, there's nothing humane in the boat people, people smuggler trade. Nothing in you... Nothing humane about it or compassionate about it at all. This has always been one of the great delusions of the left. And if they didn't learn that lesson from the tragedy of the uh, Rudd and Gillard government, when over a thousand people drowned on, on the oceans to the north of Australia, if they didn't learn that lesson about a thousand people, including women and children drowning, well, they're very slow learners and they're bound to repeat that mistake. But that's because their ideology superseded the practicalities of the issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Albanese from the left was always ideologically bound, almost fanatical, hysterical, about saying if you don't believe in taking all the refugees, then you're some sort of barbarian, a racist, a bigot from Western Sydney. Chris Smith on today's News Talk TNT. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk Free speech. Free Press, Free Assange, live from London, and covering Julian Assange's two-day public hearing at the UK High Court. This is today's News Talk TNT. Welcome back to The David Curtin Show. This is today's News Talk TNT, and I'm delighted to have with me here Piers Corbyn. Hello. 
Hello, Piers. Good to see you again. Absolutely. You're a, a veteran of all the freedom rallies. I've got to know you indeed, very indeed, well indeed. over the years. And uh, All our freedoms. Absolutely. You took a real great stand right at the beginning of those and the, yeah. the, the craziness of the last four years. Yes, well, I've um, been arrested 15, 16 times. That's a lot. That's it's 16 times fair. more more than I have. <laughs> Gosh, congratulations. I don't know if I should say congratulations. There <laughs> we go. And you're here today, obviously, to support Julian Assange. Um, what are your thoughts on the case and, and, and what this means for us? Well, will he win or not? I don't know. But I think the powers that be are a bit scared to deport him because of the outrage there will be. But on the other hand, maybe they want this story to carry on because it reminds every journalist that it could be them. Mm. Um, but uh, my thoughts on it really are that Julian Assange is, is our Gaza Strip of freedom. Mm. That's what he is. And now we're in an era where all our freedoms are under massive at all attack. So, you know, I'm here to unite all these fights uh, for freedom. And we have this United Front uh, campaign, as mm. you know, uh, and I've intended to stand as London mayor under that, for example. But, uh, you know, uh, all freedoms are under attack. I mean, he defends our freedom of yeah. speech and our freedom to know. We're also under attack the uh, our medical freedoms, the bodily autonomy, being attacked all the time under, under guise of uh, medication. Yeah. Uh, the freedom to drive is taken away yeah. by uh, the mayor of London. And so it goes on and on. And I want to unite all these, all these people. I mean, these are things you can unite this under the idea that our freedoms are being taken away yes. in lots and lots of different areas, in lots and lots of different ways, by different mechanisms. And, you know, today we're here, obviously, Julian Assange is fighting for freedom of the press, yes. freedom of speech, freedom to express yourself, freedom to question the government even. And if we can't question our government, then we live in a tyranny, don't we? In a totalitarian we system. We do. And the mayor of London should be speaking out for freedom. Uh, but instead, of course, we have uh, the biggest uh, oppressors of freedom in the world around in London, the BBC, um, uh, Facebook, um, uh, you know, Google and so on, who mm -hmm. are, you know, censoring everything we do. Now, if I was mayor, I'd be taking some action against them. And the mayor of London should be speaking out around the world to free Julian Assange. Mm. I mean, everybody should be doing that. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we, we've got people from across the political spectrum. You know, really? you're on the left, I guess, I'm on the right. But we come together because we're, for this issue, because we stand for freedom. But you expect someone like Sadiq Khan, who puts himself up as a Labour well, man, does, he? to yeah. be able to speak out against this. And it's absolutely astounding that he's not. And I haven't heard a peep out of him. No. But I think one has to question what is the Labour left or is the ex-Labour left? Mm. Because... You know, they support um, restrictions on freedom to drive. Mm. They support support um, uh, taking away our medical freedoms in, in various ways, involving injections and so on. Uh, and they carry on believing it. So mm. really, the the ex-Labour left is actually starmer lot. Mm. I mean, they just say, well, they're nice people. OK. Mm. And, of course, on the issue of Palestine, they're mostly different. And my brother is 100%, uh, you know, defending freedom uh, in, uh, in in Palestine and against the genocide in Gaza and so on, which is excellent. So that's really the only issue that distinguishes them from mm. Keir Starmer. I mean, but, the, you know, we have to build an action against all the attacks on us now, which mm. are coming from 
the World Economic Forum. And Israel, of course, is a key component of the World Economic Forum. Mm. So a defeat for them in uh, Palestine would be a fantastic victory for the whole world in the fight for uh, freedom and democracy and rights. Well, I, I see these political <laughs> parties, you know, that we got in the UK as all the same. They've all coalesced and they're all, as you say, they're all following the agenda of the World Economic Forum. It doesn't matter whether it's Rishi Sunak or Michael Gove or Keir Starmer or David Lammy. They all go to Davos. Some of them, they all yeah. go to the G7 yeah. summits. Yeah. They're all, uh, you know, having a whale at a time in these five-star hotels with the globalists. But they're a world away from people like you and I who are really, you know, feel what is going on in ordinary life with ordinary people. And, uh, you know, that that's a difference. And, you know, these big political parties, I think we need to make a movement against them oh, because they're all together. And, and you know, it's them against us. Well, I'm standing as London Mayor. I've got to collect £25,000 in the next uh, three weeks, by the way. It's and, expensive uh, <laughs> to stand for London Mayor. A thousand people at 25 quid each. And I've got a little, little advert here. You've got... Can I hold this up? I get well, you've held it up already, so there you go. He's already no, no, just done it. Really um, the United Front, which a lot of people behind the United Front is just not me. Yeah. Like, the first one, the principle is men are men and women are women. I totally agree with that. I mean, true. <laughs> biological you go to a Labour Party yet. meeting or a Labour yeah. left meeting or ex Labour, ex left meeting or mm. whatever, and you're called a Nazi for yeah. that. I mean, this is this is insane. Yeah. This has only come up in the last few years, and this has come out of nowhere. But of we're expected to affirm this insanity these days. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've looked at your twelve principles on the site, and they yeah. all look very good. You know, we're against the yeah. climate alarmism is another one, Completely. which is used to uh, bring in all kinds of nefarious policies. Completely. I mean, that is a key ideology that backs up everything they do. Mm. I mean, the destruction of farming now is done in the name of saving the planet. Well, mm. actually. What? Yeah. Saving the planet, we're going to die if there's no food. Mm. No farmers, no food. But the ideological justification is the so-called greenhouse theory. Now, that is fake physics. Mm. It's completely fake physics. Carbon dioxide has zero effect on climate. Yeah. Climate controls CO2 levels. And the same applies for nitrous oxide and anything mm. emitted by, by cows. It is all lies. It's fake physics. And Come to weatheraction.com and download <laughs> our free free pamphlet on the on the matter. I say it's fake chemistry as well. Isn't it's it? Absolutely. <laughs> You're a physicist, I'm a chemist. Exactly. So there we go. Get a, as an I have a chemistry degree, we can agree together the carbon dioxide is not a harmful gas. No, but this is for bringing the gas yeah. of life. Mm, indeed. It's it used to bring in all of these terrible attacks on freedom like you know we're losing our freedom to drive our cars with all right. of these restrictions and extra taxes that are being brought That's in. Right. Mm. And blockages on all roads. I mean, if, mm. if I was mayor, the first thing I'd be doing is, is opening the junctions. I mean, mm. Sadiq Khan has blocked and narrowed all the junctions. So there's just traffic down to junctions is to make it difficult to drive. Absolutely. Well, I, I stood to be London Mayor last time. I know you did. Um, I'm not standing again this time. because it's all right. I, well, you're <laughs> you know, I know you're standing. You could and I stand know, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an <laughs> well, we'll, well, we will be putting forward candidates for the London That's Assembly. Right. So they um, can definitely, be backed by, what, doing. is that part of the United Kingdom? Thank you.
Well, it's you know I'm not I'm not saying anything publicly on air not. about anything, but you know we are talking about things behind the scenes with with various people. So hopefully things will work out there, mm -hmm. and um, we can all come to, you know, we're all against these big parties, fake conservative, Labour, Lib Dem, Green, who are following the globalist agenda, and none of whom have stood up and spoken out with no. Julian Assange. Yeah. It's you and me and other people from challenger parties who are standing up and speaking up for his freedom. But I haven't heard anything from Rishi Sunak, I've not heard anything from Keir Starmer, I've not heard anything from the BBC about what's going on today. So, you know, that says something, doesn't it? Well, absolutely, it does. I mean, they need to keep this, they need to keep him oppressed, as, a, yeah. as I said, is to warn every journalist that they could be next. That's, that's, what, that's mm. what it's about. So I don't think they'll actually deport him because of that. They'd like him around to remind Mm. Journalist. However, of course, it doesn't mean we do nothing. We've yeah. got to defend his right everywhere all the time. You know? Yeah. Well, but maybe they'll half deport him because they take him halfway across it. I think I, I don't know. But, you know, yeah. we've got to defend him whatever. Absolutely. And we need to try and get people into positions of power because it's the Home Secretary could have said just in a second, we're not going to extradite him, we're going to set him free. But they haven't done that. And there's been three Home Secretaries since he was put in yeah, Marsh. Yeah. And uh, it's absolutely appalling that they haven't done anything about it. But anyway, look, um, it's lovely, absolutely delightful to talk to you, Piers. Thank Can you I advertise anything else before we go? You, you, you've got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> so say All what right. you want to say. I don't, I don't say that I endorse this myself. All right. Listen well, to you Piers, okay. say, but we have to be practical in the fight back against world economic force. Mm. I mean, parades are great, yes, but we've got to do things like boycotts. Boycott these Israeli companies which are complicit in... We need action against 5G, 5G towers and so on, our information motor highways, but also they are going to be used to switch on and off uh, things in your body that have been injected there or got there by other means, and that will be there making people ill, and then they'll say disease X is here. Then they'll want to have a World Health Organization lockdown of our rights and another injection program. So, you know, that is a crucial thing. And again, if I'm London mayor, uh, you know, I'll do that. And please come on the website, theunitedfront.uk, to pledge a donation. Thank you, Piers, for Thank you. all you're doing. Okay, good to Thank see you. you. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much. This is today's News Talk, TNT. This news just in TNT Radio News. Ready? Go, go, go. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The fate of WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange could be sealed this week, with London's High Court to rule within days whether or not he has grounds to appeal his extradition to the United States. US Republicans are pushing to start loaning instead of gifting money to Ukraine. And Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected a two-state solution, vowing to never support the establishment of a permanent Palestinian state. I'm CAL FIRE Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your families safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, 
please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Welcome back to The David Curtin Show. I'm David Curtin. This is today's news talk, TNT. And I'm delighted to have with me again, Lewis Brackpool, the independent journalist. And he was here with me as my very first guest last week when I started the show. Lewis, welcome back to central London. Thank you very much for having me. It's really good to be here. No, great to see you. And this is an important day, obviously, because we're here because of the trial of Julian Assange. Well, I mean, the ongoing debacle, I would say. It's not a trial because he hasn't actually done anything wrong. But they're deciding whether to extradite into the USA yes. uh, or not. But you've been around, you've been here for a few hours, you've been looking around. Yeah. Can you describe the scenes outside the Royal Courts of Justice? Yeah, the first thing I noticed was it's great to see so many people from the left and the right side of politics as well, all coming together for a non-partisan issue. I think that's so important. I think it's just, it's great to just see so many different people here. Mm. I mean, as an independent journalist myself, when you go to these events it's so important that so many people sort of come together and you know tackle these kind of issues head on so initially it's been a great sort of atmosphere outside despite the circumstances but the first thing i did notice was that there are so many different people here as well yeah i mean this is something that affects all of us because yes. this is about free speech yes. and if free speech goes everybody is affected yes. and you've got now uh someone being push through the justice system, which I used to believe in, but yeah. this has shaken my faith yeah. in the justice system, you know, enormously because of what they're doing. He's an innocent man yeah. and he's been pushed through. I mean, if he does get extradited to America, God forbid, mm. what do you think the consequences will be for society? I think it sets a dangerous precedent. You've got a, an Australian citizen publishing or doing journalism, proper journalism in Europe, and then having the US step in to prosecute him. And I think that sets a dangerous precedent personally. As a as an independent journalist myself, it actually terrifies me, the idea of uh, a journalist being put behind bars completely. Um, and I think it's gonna, it's gonna really make things difficult in the future. Now in the UK alone, we have a really dire, dire situation with regards to freedom of speech and expression and freedom of the press. Mm. Um, and I, I hate to say this, I have a very bad feeling about what's going to be happening. I hope I'm wrong. Mm. I hope I'm totally, totally wrong. Um, but I, I think it sets a dangerous precedent for people that are coming into journalism, coming into the media scene that want to expose corruption, want to expose um, 
the awful things that the Western governments and governments beyond that have been doing uh, for the past however many years. Mm. I mean, for the past three years, it's really opened people up to uh, to corruption. We've seen, of course, I mean, we met at the Freedom Rallies yes. originally, yeah. uh, had various interviews together. And, you know, this this set me on a path to really uh, home in on, on corruption and just to bring mm. that to light. And if this if this happens where Julian Assange uh, does get extradited, like I said, it sets a very, very dangerous precedent for people everywhere. There are mm. still some journalists as well. Uh, I'm not going to name names necessarily, but there are some journalists in the neocon sphere that still uh, are against Assange with this situation, which I think is mm. totally wrong. It's totally awful. Um, but it's but like I said earlier, it's good to see that so many people here as well are are coming together mm. to speak about this grave issue. Yeah, absolutely. And there's people across the political spectrum from all walks of life, you know, from all, you know, socioeconomic groups, absolutely. Yes. But the neocons, and that is a very, very interesting word you use, because you, you think that they're on the right, as yeah. I would be, and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm for freedom. Um, but they are really for war. You know, yes. they make money from supporting the military industrial complex. What they want to do is get our nations, take positions of power and get us fighting wars all over the place. You know, the, they were responsible for getting us to war in Iraq, which yes. everyone saw there was absolutely no need to do this. It was done on a lie. Mm -hmm. Two lies, actually. They told people in America that Saddam Hussein was responsible for 9-11, which he wasn't. They told the people in the UK he had weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. All of those, those both were lies. Mm -hmm. And then they've got us to war with Libya and Syria, and now there's Middle Eastern things going on. Yeah. Um, these people are dangerous, and they're masquerading as, yeah. as people who are on our side. Well, I agree. And it, it, kind of, it fits the bill, really, doesn't it? Because it's the people that side with the military-industrial mm. complex and what Julian Assange was doing was exposing the military industrial complex. Mm. So it kind of fits the bill that the neocons, of course, are completely mm. against this. But it's actually disgraceful to see that journalists should have have the, the freedom in order to expose these sorts of mm. wrongdoings. I mean, how can we that's what a journalist's job job is. It's to hold people account. Uh, and yeah. now we're seeing a completely, completely different shift in the UK, especially, but across the West mm. with an activist class that's in government, that's in the Westminster bubble, that's in the uh, the justice system and, of course, the Home Office everywhere. Mm. It's a brand new activist class that looks to undermine freedom of expression, mm. freedom of speech and the freedoms that we built this country on. So, yeah. Like I said, it, it fits the bill that neocons aren't, of course, supporting yeah. Assange, but it's disgraceful and it, it, it needs to stop. You know, in this country, you used to have really good investigative journalists yeah. on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, I'm no fan of The Guardian, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> they used to have some very good yeah. investigative journalistic pieces, mm -hmm. as did The Telegraph. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think the standards in those papers, you know, and other papers in the press have gone down so much. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. No. The people doing investigative journalism that really needs to be done are people like Julian Assange. Yeah. But the, the inversion that's going on is these you know, press outlets that used to do that are now supporting the government yeah. you know, in, in every possible way. It's because of that. It's because of yeah. that. That's all it is. It's because of money and interest. Mm. I mean, well, once again, I don't want to necessarily mm. name names, but there are outlets out there that, um, that have 
backed funding from from big pharmaceutical mm, companies, mm. for example. So when you want to run a story about, let's say, um, uh, the heart dart, for example, yeah. if you want to run a story about that and get it through the mainstream media, or you want to talk about SSRIs mm. or, or anything to do with um, uh, medicine, mm. there are there will be mainstream outlets that will completely avoid this because of financial interest yeah. in um, certain avenues such as big pharmaceutical companies. So. When that starts to intertwine with journalism and media and people being bought out in that respect, it sets a very, very awful um, precedent yeah. for freedom, the right to express, and of course, the press in general. I mean, to be completely owned and to change the narrative because of, you know, envelopes is just, is terrible. We shouldn't yeah. be having that. It's, it's awful. Absolutely. We'll hold that thought there. Yeah. That was very good. Um, we need to reestablish freedom of the press and make sure that they're free in every way. We're just going to go to a break now. We'll be back after the news. This is uh, the David Curtin Show. Today's News Talk TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing. And I don't know if Dr. Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial. There are so many holes in his argument. It is hard to believe. I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it. And I've talked about this before. One of the biggest problems I have is he won't let anyone look at his data, at least no one that is skeptical of his data. And that should raise red flags. And I've talked about this many, many times. You can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with his whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking, where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there. And the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. Journalism is not a crime. We're covering Julian Assange's two-day public hearing at the UK High Court and live from London. This is today's News Talk TNT. Welcome back to the David Curtin Show with today's News Talk TNT. And we are outside the Royal Courts of Justice today covering the trial 
of Julian Assange. Now, we've been here, I've been talking to Lewis Brackpool, who is an independent journalist, and it's great to have you on the show, Lewis. Um, now, you're an independent journalist. How does this affect you specifically? Because Julian Assange, you, you could say in some measures with an independent journalist, he wasn't working for an establishment outlet or a mainstream outlet. I mean, how does this actually affect you personally as a journalist? It's a good question. I think earlier we were talking about precedents mm. um, and that patterns are set over the course of decades when mm. it comes to media, when it comes to uh, journalism in general. And there's been a rise of citizen journalism mm. as well, mm. uh, especially across the West. And how this will affect us in the future will be very simple. If Julian Assange gets extradited about what, because of what he has done, in terms of exposing the military industrial complex, it will wean off journalists from actually being courageous, going out mm. there, trying to find sources and trying mm. to, of course, expose what is happening. I mean, I've covered, of course, the topic of Ukraine a lot. We've spoken yeah. about this yeah. extensively. Um, and people or journalists in general should feel comfortable enough to go out and to find sources and to get news mm. um, from wherever that may be. And it just sets a very, very scary precedent for anyone who wants mm. to take up journalism and not just be part of a, a corporation yeah. where they feed you on what you want to, what they want you mm. to to go out and find. Whereas a journalist should be uh, independently free-minded and be able to go out and actually source news and try yeah. to find out the truth. And mm. the truth sometimes doesn't go your way. And I think that's incredibly important. So this mm. sets a, a very dangerous precedent if this extra, uh, this uh, Julian Assange being extradited happens. Yeah, I mean, citizen journalists are so yes. important. And so, I, they've sprung up yeah. like as a whole new class yeah. of people and reporter, you know, doing amazing work, yeah. especially over the last four years with the lockdown yes. period. I went to a lot of the freedom rallies. You know, you, you interviewed me yeah. many times walking <laughs> along the roads in London, you yeah. know, just out here Sorry and other places. That. No, that's <laughs> all right. It was great because you got the message out. Right. You see, you were doing amazing work as Thanks a citizen so. journalist for, for four years and many, many other people were that we know as well. I mean, it's so important to have people that are not part of a mainstream outlet because yeah. these people you know they accuse us of disinformation and misinformation whatever that means yeah. when actually they're putting out misinformation themselves and they're saying that these injections uh, which i noticed you called the heart dart is a good name <laughs> so, but these experimental injections were safe and effective yeah and they repeated that mantra over and over again and it was citizen journalists independent journalists independent commentators who challenged that narrative and actually Actually spoke the truth yeah. and if they hasn't journalists independent journalists independent commentators who challenged that narrative and actually spoke the truth yeah. and if they hadn't you know we might still be in lockdown absolutely we might have everybody being forced to take an injection uh unless we wouldn't be able to travel or yeah. come and sit in a bar like we are today exactly. um you know just like was that they tried to do three or four years ago so what you're doing is so so important um it, it's difficult though isn't it i mean or is it easy how, how would you get into doing that if you want to do it it's a great question i think there's other things as well that are on this way uh, you know about the online safety bill. Yeah. A lot of people are, are very aware of mm. this this regulation that's moving from broadcast all the way over to the internet. Mm. 
looks to regulate um, people's sort of so social media posts and you know beyond. Mm. So that's why citizen journalism is a so important. B completely under attack yeah. um, because the powers that be can see that people with just a, a camera phone can go out and shoot mm. and 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 get the truth or or get what's happening on the ground or get a feel of what's happening in a particular situation. Mm. So that's why it's so important um, to get into it. Very easy. Start up a social media account, get yourself a phone, yes, yeah. um, and just go out and shoot. That's literally it. You don't have to put your opinion to anything. I try not to as much as possible, although I, I do like to, you know, give my opinion on, on, on various subjects, obviously. Um, but you don't have to give an opinion. You can go out, shoot, tell people what they can what you are mm. seeing to paint the picture for them at home and for them to follow what you're doing. Wow. And I think it's so incredibly important you're and incredible. easier it's as easier as ever now to, to become a journalist, which is I, I would argue it's a it's a trade mm. as opposed to like a, a profession. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's as easy as ever now to become one. And I recommend anyone who has an interest in it to just go out and do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've done that for a couple of years. I mean, I've, I've, right. I'm not as a journalist, but as a commentator, you yeah. know, some people are familiar with my my YouTube channel. I've been putting, you know, I just sit in my room in front of a flag and just pontificate for a right. few minutes every day. And right. so, you know, some people like to listen and I get lots of comments one way or the other. It's interesting. But, you know, we, we had, you know, one of the really interesting things over the last um three years which was completely new is you had channels on youtube that were just filming for five or six hours yes. no comment you know that yeah. subject access i think was one of the first yeah. and resistance gb you were doing similar yes. things and that was that was so interesting yeah, it yeah, was yeah. a completely new sort of genre if you like that just sprung up but they they didn't like it the powers that be were no. frightened of that no. And they tried to close them down. And all they were doing was filming in real time what was going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got to be completely paranoid to be frightened of someone just filming what is going on in the public space, haven't they? Well, you know that viewership on broadcasts like um, the BBC, ITV, sorry mm. to name names, um, <laughs> Sky News yeah, and we all know. Know, various <laughs> others, um, their viewership is going down, mm. it's tanking, because people now more than ever are sort of going i don't actually want to watch tv now oh. i can easily access you know youtube rumble mm. social media and you can actually get your news now from all sources yeah. and you can have a look everywhere to try and find that so no wonder they're so keen to push through something like the online safety mm. bill which brings in more regulation onto the internet from yeah. the broadcasting arena so you can you can see the paranoia in real time you can see why they're so keen to just push that mm. through so so the answer to that really is more citizen journalism really yeah it's more journalism it's it's left less ofcom regulation and it's more getting out there and trying to source truth i mean you know i was always a very law-abiding citizen you know i was brought up to be law-abiding i was brought up to believe in the you know the the goodness of the courts of the the government the police and so on but but the, these years you know with something like the online safety bill i mean it's draconian it's tyrannical yeah. they're trying to regulate not just broadcasters which i think are overregulated anyway i mean my opinion is they should not have to be um impartial they sure. should be allowed to take a position 
yeah. like they are in the USA. Broadcasters in the <laughs> USA, they've got First Amendment rights. They can say what they like. They can they can be partisan. They yes. can to either a political party or to an ideology or to a policy. But here in the UK, you've got this this beast mm -hmm. that has been built called Ofcom yeah. that is uh, imposing impartiality. But what that does is not really impartial. It's uh, <laughs> it basically enforces the broadcasters to toe the government yeah. line, to toe the line that the establishment want you to have. So if you go against that, you get cancelled. Yeah. Um, it's very, very frightening. Yeah, well, my point is here is that, as well as that, now the online safety bill is also trying to regulate the internet yes. which up to now has not been regulated i mean it's a it is a space of freedom and you do get people on there doing bad things you know you do get people on there using it in a way which you know i don't like but you know that's the cost of freedom in exactly. a way um but you know you shouldn't punish everybody because there's one percent of people who are doing something wrong and that's what they want to do i agree and that's you very know, frightening we're this nation was built on a battle of ideas mm. originally. Um, and to see it fall to where free speech only means, well, only I can say this, or mm. you can't say that, um, is is really not to get, you know, to you know emotional about it, but it, it really frustrates me to see mm. that because freedom in terms of freedom of expression, um, religious rights and everything is for all. It's for mm. everyone, even people that you really disagree with or hate. They they deserve that right as much mm. as as much as you do. And unfortunately, we live in a very secular uh, country now, mm. um, where people's egos, people's um, uh, just yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna use the word ego. Mm. Um, people's egos are so out of control that they think that freedom of speech only can apply to them and not the people mm. that they claim to oppose. You know, like I said, we're built on a nation of ideas and the market dictates good ideas and bad ideas. If a bad idea comes along, you battle that with good ideas, yeah. better ideas. And that's how it should be. And if there happens to be an idea that you don't like, then mm. tough. Battle for it. Battle for a better idea. But sorry, battle for a better idea. And yeah. it's just it's we like I said, secular, um, secular Britain is uh has really ruined uh, the idea of freedom of expression and speaking mm. because now it's 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 getting out of control. It's spiraling out. I mean, a lot of this goes back to Herbert Marcuse. I don't know if you've heard of him, if you're watching, but he's a cultural Marxist. He wrote in the 1950s and 1960s, but he wrote a paper called Repressive Tolerance, which okay. was all about changing society so that what they wanted, that side, you know, would be tolerated but what they didn't agree with would be repressed so there is tolerance for what you want mm -hmm. but intolerance for anything else so it's not an open marketplace of ideas anymore you've got the overton window if you yes. like which is related and you can you can say whatever you like within this very small area but if you say something outside of it that's in that you you do not tolerate that um what you know what disturbs me at the moment is I'm actually seeing that not just on the left, 
but to some extent on the right yeah. as well, and with the neocons that yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Do you notice that happening as well? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I think both sides are um, abandoning their morality. They're, they're abandoning, and I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying mm. there are certain sects on both sides that mm. are abandoning their principles. Mm. Um, and when it comes to freedom of speech and expression, mm. when something that comes along that they don't like, they then sort of go, oh, but mm. I can't defend that in case I might get cancelled or I mm. might, you know... Uh, um, this person might not like me anymore. Mm. I might get a job with another media firm or anything yeah, like yeah. that. People need to abandon this this thinking and say, look, consistency goes a long way as a journalist, as a media pundit, as a as a as a presenter, as everything. If you remain consistent, you will you will get um, you will get better results, mm, mm. and you'll keep that momentum going in that in that respect. So, yeah, it, it's a shame. Um, yeah, yeah, consistency is very important, yeah. but it, it's also important to talk to people who don't necessarily agree with you on everything. I, I mean, you know, I, I I pretty much agree with you there's on nothing, everything. There's no, I don't think there's anything <laughs> you know, that we disagree with. We agree <laughs> on every, everything, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but, but there's people I've had on the show, and it's really nice to talk to them, but yeah. we would agree on some things and we talk about them, but we wouldn't agree on other things. Yeah. But it's important to still talk to people, even if you you disagree with them. And with respect. Yeah, and with, you yeah. know, and, and, and you can say rather than, you know, you, you get these, some channels, and some debates and and you know i've been on shows like this they have a presenter then they have a right-wing person they have a left-wing person <laughs> yes. and they try to get you arguing and they think Click it's back. great if one of them like gets in a massive half and storms out of the studio yeah. i was like okay that's good television but that's not ideas no though. no that's not a battle of ideas no, is it it's no. just a shouting match for clicks. yes so it's, it's much better if you can you know find people that you do have different ideas oh. with and then you can talk to each other and yeah. you know and, uh, you know, coming back to Julian Assange, because yes. obviously this is what we're here for today and this is why we're in central London. You know, you might not like what he says. I do. I think he's done a fantastic job in exposing people in the deep state. But if you don't, even if you don't like what you say, what he says, you should support his freedom of speech. And uh, we do hope that he will be set free this week. Thank you for joining me on The David Curtin Show. This is today's News Talk, TNT. TNT.